Okay, we are starting on the very bottom line of Daf Ayin Vav, just to get a little running start. Moshe is from that first stage, and as he is drawn out from the water, that is, from that first earlier stage, that creation level of Tayu, and then transported into this world. This is why he says, what are we? Why should you be complaining to us? Because what am I? I have no relationship with this physical world. But he is drawn out from the water, as it means that it is drawn forward from that which was hidden in that uh, basket. And therefore, he has the capacity to bring the of the grass, the nourishment from the 288 divine sparks that fell from that previous world where there was just total chaos, overwhelming godliness, too much godliness that the, that world couldn't tolerate. And it should be brought into this world and can nourish us. And this is all for the sake of the Jewish people, even though they are called Ivri, they're from the other side of the river, that is the river that came out from, from Aden to water the garden, and that is to water the Gan 53, the numerical value of Gan, which it represents the 53 parshas of the Torah. What does it mean then to be from the other side of the river? That is the level of makif that is higher than any progressive or orderly sense of godliness. Like the earth itself, which is round, there is no innate top or bottom. Those Some live on top and some live on bottom. But we wouldn't say that those people who will live on the bottom are walking on their heads, obviously, because there is no innate, natural beginning or end. This is what is referred to in the spiritual concept of circles, that when you have a direct light, it's able to penetrate, just like a line has a definitive beginning and end, and it manifests itself in that particular, whereas a circle has no innate beginning and end, and therefore it's representative of a level of godliness that does not differentiate within the world. And since we are on the level of Ivri from the other side, therefore it is drawn out within us this characteristic called the nourishing grass, the Asev, that even though it comes from the loftiest of levels, or specifically because it comes from such a lofty level, it is able to be manifest down here into the most ordinary. And that's why the angels sing songs in order to draw down that which is innately separated, kadosh. It's from a loftier level, because the Jewish people are even higher than the malach. They are merely the characteristic of Hashem's spoken word, which is only an external expression of a level of awareness that we describe as Yitzira. And the Malachim come from Bria. And that is the Yitzira form of Bria, remembering that Bria is a greater level of awareness, a higher world as we describe it. Uh, <clears throat> that what they think is what they is what they um is what they say. And therefore a neshama can be manifest in a physical body, unlike angels that cannot come down into this physical body. Even if it is manifest at times in a physical body, it always is aware of its divine origin. Nevertheless, when it is invested in the body, it is called the quality of Yaakov, which is lower than the Malachim, because there's two qualities, Yaakov and Yisrael. And this is the level of Asiya that does not exist with the Malachim, because Asiya, this world of action, is not like the world of speech, where one can invest their thoughts into their speech. When they speak, they are speaking about what they are thinking of, which is not necessarily the case with behavior and activity, which can be what we call absent-minded. That is, that thought and speech are comparable to the worlds of the awareness level of Bria. That is, that Hashem created. We don't know what it is. 
it's more abstract, it's more intense, it's more infinite. And Dibor is like Yitzhiro, we start to fine-tune it. These are manners of expression from whence the Nisham is dispatched. And the bodies, they come from a level of Atzilas, like the capacity to see that is expressed through the eye. And therefore, in the level of holiness, up and down are all the same. Because the Jewish people are higher and they're lower than the angels. The angels are in between. Again, depending on our perspective. And that's why they say three times, Kadosh, holy, holy, holy. Why three times? Because it represents Hashem as Shakai, Hashem as Adni, Hashem as Avaya. That is, Kale is the 31 levels, Lamed, Aleph, Aleph, Lamed, that are expressed through the 500 uh, threads, and all of them are in through the three uh, uh, cavities within the brain, within the, within the skull. And all of this is the quality of Moshe that is penetrates from the intellect to sustain and nurture and shape the Midas. And this is why when Hashem calls to Moshe at the snap, at the burning bush, he says, Moshe, Moshe, without interruption. In contrast, when God calls Avram, it says Avram, pause Avram. Because there are different levels of Avram. There's the Avram level of awareness in Bria, the Avram level in the awareness of Asilis, and so on. Where Avram refers to himself as dust and ash and so on. However, Moshe in the level of Atzilus and Moshe in the level of Bria are all absolutely the same because it is the essence and therefore the essence penetrates from top to bottom without distinction. This concludes the right-hand column on Daf Ayin Hey Amid Beis. Now there's a, a, a couple of one-paragraph ideas. On the right-hand column, it quotes the Pasuk from the Parsha that says, six years he shall work, referring to the Hebrew slave. And we explain that work is, a, is illustrated by the most profound form of transformative work, which is the working of leather, taking that gruff animal skin and turning it into the soft leather that we make shoes from. That is the idea of washing and whitening for the six years represents the six different stages through which we are able to perfect it. Like Avram was filled with his days, the six days of the week or the days of David, that this is the, the merit. And seemingly, this is tied into Torah and mitzvahs. What does it have to do that, that we've described the days as the garments of expression? But as the Pasuk says, his soul is tied up with, this, tie, with the bond of life, that just like we have to be tied up together, like it's tied up together with that which causes it, so too, through the garments, although the garments act like somewhat of a mask, and prevent the full expression, but it, it is also what allows us to see the clarity that wouldn't be able to be observed or comprehended were there not this costume of expression. Now, Tehrimitz is the way they are above the bright light that has to become manifest and has to come from a level that is beyond time within time, and therefore time, days, are considered one of the me methods through which Hashem is manifest. However, it should not stay down here but there has to be the ibud iris. We have to work with it, like working with leather. Requires the cleansing and so forth. And that is effectuated through Meshur Abenu, the trusted shepherd, who nurtures and nourishes the flock, washing them and so forth. That is, through davening, which is when we add the uh, love and fear, become like wings that uplift the body of the davening. The very bottom paragraph, it says, and in the seventh year you should go free. Free, meaning without mitzvahs. 
because there is such an opinion that in the time of Mashiach, there won't be mitzvahs. But that's not the halachic opinion. Nevertheless, it is acknowledged that the mitzvahs will be different because there will be karbonis, but not like the karbonis we have now. There'll be elevations higher and higher. So it will be the mitzvahs, but the mitzvahs will be of a different fabric. And this is what it means. These are the laws. That is just like that initial law. That is the initial progress that is placed before us within our very essence, into the very essence of our character, which is the quality of Moshe Rabbeinu that takes the conceptual and penetrates the character to give it uh, the divine quality that is specifically available to us post the giving of the Torah. On the left-hand column, and it starts a new mimer. The mimer says, the Yiru SLK Yisrael. There is this vision of the God of Israel, that under his feet there is a footstool that is made of sapphire. What does it mean under his feet? Is that regarding this throne, this vision of the throne where they see a vision of man, and this level of the vision of man where he has hands and feet. And this is what it says afterwards, and to the nobles of uh, the children of Israel did not extend his hand, how what we have to understand, I mean, the question is, how is it possible to describe this by Hashem? He doesn't have a body. So what does it mean when we use these terms, hands and feet and seated and so forth? The idea is that Hashem tells us, I am Hashem, I do not change. Meaning there is no change to Hashem, whether he created the world, the whole process of the creation of all the worlds, after the creations of the worlds. He's the same Hashem, like we say every day in the davening, he's the same Hashem. Before he created the world, after he created the world. Because the source of creation is only from the expressive, from the legislative, the malchus of Hashem, which is only a mild expression of Hashem that his name is called upon him, like a king who issues decrees. And therefore, it does not change the king himself in his very essence and fabric. Just like the light of the sun that radiates on the earth and has such an impact on the earth, um, but it doesn't change the sun, it changes us, we are affected by it, but it doesn't change the sun. It is only a ha'ara, a radiance, like the great name of Hashem, just like a person's name is not their very identity. Nevertheless, this radiance that is infinite and is indivisible, and therefore, in order that it should create worlds, it needs to be compressed into order and measurement and into distinction and separation. And that method is achieved only when it is invested in the vision and the stature of a person. That is, it's invested lights into vessels because the infinite light can never create. And it creates thus the appearance of humanity. That is, the godly soul, like it says, Adam. We are called Adam because we were the initial purpose for which Hashem created the world. And it says that Hashem will dwell amongst them. We know in the building of the Mishkan, not in it, in the structure, but if, because um, the, the Kalim, the physical objects, cannot be a contain the infinity of Hashem. The whole purpose of creation is for a dwelling place here in this physical world, that it should dwell amongst the Jewish people. And that's why the Jewish people were the whole plan, the initial uh, idea, and this is why they are the proper resting place for the impact of Hashem. And this presence of Hashem is only in the neshama of the Jewish people, not in their bodies, because of the whole story of the snake that interfered with Chava and infested it with the filth of this world. And even though Matan Torah removed that filth, 
Nevertheless, through the subsequent Aveira, the Chida Egel, and other sins, we reintroduce the filth into the world. And that's why the body is called the skin of the snake, but not the Neshama. That retains its purity of being a partial part of Hashem. As we know, the Neshama is not, doesn't need any fixing. But in the ultimate future, in the time of Mashiach, when the bodies will be, in fact, strengthened, like the Pasuk says, it will strengthen our bones and the spirit of impurity will be uplifted. Then the true revelation of godliness will manifest itself and the physical body will start to see it because the physical body will become so purified that it can appreciate a level of godliness. Now, the level of godliness that is appreciated through the neshama is also in the guise of its humanity. And this is why we are called Adam, like the Mishkan of the Neshama is specifically delineated throughout the body within the human form, like the intellect of Seichel that resides in the brain and the character that resides in the heart and the expression of the Midas in the hands, the right hand is considered kindness and so on. And all of the details throughout all of our body parts are illustrations and, and opportunities for the expression of godliness. And this is divided up into a general parameter of right, left, and center. Similarly, we understand the revelation of godliness, like it says, that her husband is known at the gates. And the idea being that the gate, the measurement, the shear, is how we get to know godliness. We appreciate godliness as it is manifest through the measurable. And there are some neshamas that are aligned more naturally with the Torah quality, that is the intellectual. They are the leaders of the Jewish people and others that are more aligned with the character and others that are more aligned with the feet, that is with the obedience. So there are cup mentioned, Torah yidden, there are character mentioned, and there are behavior. But all of them, it says that they can know, that is they can be attached, they can be unified of the neshama with the body through their gate, through that which appeals to their characteristic of the neshama, always the way it is encased within its humanity. It always goes through the, uh, 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 the shape, the form of its humanity, like it is drawing down the infinite light of Hashem that is higher than even Chachman, higher than even Midas, that it should reside within the Neshama of the Jewish people, that this is within the structure of the human, even in the level of the feet and the heels, there is a certain virtue in that they can um, propel the um the 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 intellect and take it where it can't go on its own which is that the head of course has no capacity for mobility and that's why we are instructed to be humble before all people and this is why it says that hashem is like similar to the appearance of man because hashem is not a composite of attributes of parts uh hashem is not a person but he manifests himself here within human form. We're on the Ayin Zayin Amad Aleph on the right-hand side, finishing up the first paragraph. And that's why it says that he is similar to the appearance of the human. Next paragraph. Now it says that it, we, he envisioned God on the, uh, uh, on the throne. It looked like Hashem. What is this idea of the throne? The idea is that in order that there be the creation of the worlds of Bria, Awareness that God created the world, Yitzira, more nuanced awareness, and Asiya, where we are more concerned with our own activities. In addition to the fact that these are limited worlds, and therefore they have a sense of self, they must be, they even perceive themselves as being separated from Hashem. And that can only be when Hashem puts himself in the guise of human 
character and form, which is a total bittel, the bittel of Atzilus, where Hashem is absolutely indistinguishable from all that he causes. Uh, and that is Hashem seated on the throne. Because just like a throne that a person sits on is in a certain sense that he squats down, he's lowering himself. It is drawn down in this quality of the legislative, of the quality of Malchus. Again, only an external expression of Hashem's instruction down here into this physical world to orchestrate the Bria world, the Yetzirah world, and the Asiya world, which are all independent worlds. This is drawn down through like the, the vision of Hashem seating himself on the throne, the, which is a kisei, is case Hashem. It's a sort of concealment, a form of a garment, like a person has to squat down to communicate with a small child. They have to conceal some of their own identity, that loftiness, that aleph, kis aleph. They have to conceal that, that aleph, and that's why Hashem is called the God that is hidden, because if he's revealed, it's overwhelming for us. In order for there to be a creation, again, similar to how a parent has to squat down to communicate with a child. So when the person sits on the throne, his hands are higher than the throne and his feet are lower than the throne. You just imagine a person sitting in an armchair. So too, following this metaphor to the next level, when Hashem squats down on this to create the world, that's the image of sitting down, it is only from a shallow level of the feet that actually touches the world, not the hand. Next paragraph, we further explain this idea that it's explained above that Hashem is like the image of a man, that is the neshama, and that is they are called children to Hashem, like a child is the lap of his father, which again is only an expression of it, like Moshe Rabbeinu says that there are 600,000 feet of the people that just like the foot is completely subservient to the intellect. Wherever the head wants to go, the feet follow, so too the general neshama has this level of bittal ingrained within it naturally, that it is an absolute innate love of Hashem, that it comes in the packaging of every neshama without any explanation. He loves Hashem simply because he comes from Hashem, not because he likes it, simply because he is a part of Hashem, like a child is a part of his father. He's absolutely one. And as an absolute automatic result, there is no separation. Like we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu. That is, Hashem is our God. What do you mean? He's our God because we come from Him. That is, even if we are like the child who's only a very faint representation of the Father, and He comes from only, quote, the lowest expression of the Father, but He is rooted in the essence of the Father all the way up to the Moyach. It's all absolutely one. And this is why we say, that is, it's manifest down here into this, uh, its own identity, where it is, it may be distant like the, like the foot. Nevertheless, it is still rooted in the essence of the father. And therefore, there is a bitl that exists within him, even when he's manifest in this world. And this is why we say every morning in the davani, that the neshama that you have given me is pure. You created it. And we ask the question, how can we say it's pure before we even mention that you created it? And why do we say three phrases? You created it, you formed it, you blew it into my nostrils. The idea being that purity is a reference to the way it is down here and the way it is in its essence up in Shemayim, that it's absolutely pure when it's brought down into this world. And the source of the neshama comes from that loftiest level. And that's why we emphasize that it's pure. It's drawn down from the most intense level of godliness like our sages say, that we should know from whence we come, from the level of ayin, mi ayin ba'asa, which is an absolute unity with the divinity of Hashem. And this is what it means, havayla kenu mamish, and this is that clarity, 
that it has no self-identity. It's not seen as something separate. But then it's manifest out into the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and even into Asiya. And that's the three terms. You created it, you formed it, gave it nuance, and you entrusted it to us by blowing it into our nostrils. You're giving it into us, but it's that same origin, the Shama, that comes from that level that is called purity. And that's the same Neshama that is compressed into our physical world. Very bottom line in the right-hand column, new paragraph, and this is the explanation of the point that we said on the, uh, the, the, the image that's on the throne, which is to have this absolute creation of Briyatsir Nasir through the level of Kisei, the level of the throne. And again, that represents the feet which dangle beneath the throne that is the neshama, the way it is manifest down here into this physical world through the investiture of divine light into and manifest to and contour to the recipient, even the shallowest levels, where they only can recognize that God created the world. They recognize some of the nuance, become more concerned with the artistic characteristic of the world and even the behavior, and still recognizing that it comes from that tahira level, that original level that is beyond even the throne, this level of creation. And based on the terms of the Kabbalah, we understand that when we say it's the vision of man, it is this investiture in the infinite light of Hashem into the world of Atsilas. And the throne is like that costume that separates out between Atsilas and Bria that allows us to appreciate it. And so too in the Neshamas uh, of the Jewish people that are drawn down from the 10 spheres that we mentioned before. We have these two levels. One is the level of the mazel that remains outside of this world. And the second is the way in which it's invested in this world. And that second way which is invested in the world is similar to the image of the king seated on the throne and the feet dangling onto the world. That's the quality of uh, God, of the divinity of, of, of the royalty that is invested to us. What do we know about the king? The simple legislative acts of the king. And this is also called the two qualities of the Jewish people, Yisrael and Yaakov. Yisrael is the quality called Lirosh and Yaakov is the Yud that is invested even into the foot. The left-hand side, the new paragraph, the Moshe Rabbeinu said that there were 600,000 feet of the people, that he is within them. And we explained that Moshe Rabbeinu was higher than this level of Regal. And that is even after his neshama came into this world, it still retained that quality. The idea being, like our sages say, that the Avos had total surrender to Hashem, like a chariot to its rider. And they were uh, the Merkava, to the arms of the world, of Ram to Chesed, the right arm, Yitzchak, to Gevur, the left arm, and so on. And the arms of the person are comparable, again, back to the image of the throne, where the arms are on the armrest of the throne unlike the feet which dangle beneath the throne. And the idea that's explained above, that Kisei is the garment, again, that, that costume that conceals the light in order for there to be creation, the more overwhelming the presence of the parent, the less the child has identity, the more overwhelming the presence of Hashem, the less we can have any sense of identity. And the feet, which again, in that image of the king seated on the throne, the feet are beneath the throne. That's what's drawn down here. But the hands, again, on that armrest of the throne are higher than the throne. That's a level that's higher than being invested in this physical world. That's the tahoira. That's that pure level that has not yet been invested within this world. It's higher than this world. And that's the level of the Abbas and Moshe Rabbeinu, that they are totally subsumed with the infinity of Hashem, not just with the legislative instructions of Hashem. That's that constant awareness that is not sullied by being brought into this physical world.
And through this, it draws down this level of godliness. What does this mean? That we see, for example, down here, that a person's hands are more expressive, like their artistic characteristic is more expressed in their hand than in their feet, and that their hands are more closely related with their core character and their identity more so than the feet, that even though the feet are also, of course, subservient to the head, and wherever the head wants, the feet will, will take them there, but it's not as effortless like it is in the instruction of, uh, of the seichel, that the feet will automatically follow suit, and that's why the fine motor skills are in the fingers, because they are more aligned with the seichel and do not require as much training like we see the difference between the capacity of a person to move, manipulate their hand in contrast to the capacity of the person to manipulate their feet, such as in dancing and so on, that when a person is in simcha, immediately his hands begin to clap and to express this characteristic. That is, that his hands automatically manifest his character, clapping and so forth, whereas the feet require a greater effort to manifest his celebration. That doesn't happen as effortlessly unless there will be a direct instruction from the intellect to the feet. Similarly, the other movements of the hand happen more automatically from the intellect through the skills of the hands, which is not so uh, evident and so effortless with the feet. And this is a clear evidence that the hands have a greater uh, alignment with the seichel, even more than that which is drawn down from the thoughts of the seichel they do not have their own independence, and the, the analogy being understood from the difference between the virtue of the Avos and Moshe Rabbeinu, who are totally surrendered to Hashem, as if they have no independent identity, and they are never interrupted from their absolute unity with Hashem, even for a moment, and that's why they are considered the arms of Hashem. And again, the image being that the arms sit above the throne, on the armrests, as is explained in reference to um, earlier tzaddikim who come from Atzilis and uh, Egeris HaKadosh and Tanya, and that is a greater alignment with the infinity of Hashem, with the intellect, than the feet which dangle below the throne. Other tzaddikim who are not at this level don't have this absolute alignment with Hashem. They can arouse it. They can experience it. But they are more like the feet who are subservient to the instructions of the head. But there is a little bit of a disconnect between them. It's not as effortless, and it does require um, this more deliberate choice made from uh, the intellect to the feet. And this is the drawing down that is necessary when we have to stimulate the... Um, the intellect. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu says, we go now to Ahmed Beis, just the top line, regarding his generation, even though they were the generation that witnessed godliness, they saw all the miracles, but they were still described as a generation that were like the feet, unlike he himself, who was not like the feet, but rather was like the arms, as we will explain. Thank you.